Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mesilis Hashem in English. We are up to Perek Yud Zayin, Chapter 17. And we are in the mid uh, of purity, Tahira. And now we're going to talk about how to acquire this Midah of Tahira, which we said is having the right motivation of doing of the reason for doing the mitzvah and doing the mitzvah basically to the best possible way you can <clears throat> with zero influence from the Yitzhahara. And so now let's continue. As the Rambam goes, how do how as he as he describes all the different character traits and all the different levels um, of characters characteristics, he's on now how to acquire it. So the path to attaining this trait at Tahira is easy for one who has already made the effort and attained the traits that I've thus been taught so far. I've never, you know, we've never heard the Ramchal really say that something is easy. So, um, but very interesting that he says it here. So he says here that once you've already, but I think once we delve into this, we might see why it would be considered easy, but know that it's important that we will have a much easier time if you work through the other previous levels beforehand. Because indeed, when one considers and contemplates the loneliness of the pleasures of this world and its benefits, as we've written in the previous chapters, he will surely be repulsed by them and see them not as good things, but as harmful things. So, and, um, and the attraction of them is defic- as deficiencies of the man's nature, which is a physical dark and force. So once you become convinced that the pleasures of this world are actual deficiencies for a person and bad for him, it will surely be easy for him to detach himself from them and remove them from any traction from the heart. Okay, so I said a mouthful, but we can see now a little bit easier why the Ramchal thinks, why the Ramchal says it could be easy. You have to imagine very simple, that we're human beings and it's all based on our perception. Because it's a mind over matter in a sense. If you and I think I've given this example before, but imagine you have you know you have a juicy piece of steak there, uh, and you love steaks and you want to have the steak and it looks really really good, but there's a possibility that there might be rat poison or some sort of death, deathly poison on that steak on that steak. Do you do you want it? Do you have any? You don't want it. Why? Because you're afraid of the poison. It's all the poison. The, the thought of of eating something that is so harmful to you, it, it, it automatically the steak becomes repulsive. Because you're not interested in that. You don't even have anyone in his right mind will have zero desire to want to touch that steak. And that's exactly what he's saying here. Remember, in the previous chapters, we discussed how all the pleasures of this world can bring you to bad things, and they can destroy your neshama and cause you to do a virus and go against the service of God. At some point, they're going to lead you to that. So once in your mind, you've totally believed that and you've internalized it, you're not going to have any interest in wanting to have pleasures in Olam Hazza. You're not interested in it. You're going to be, in fact, repulsed by it, just the opposite. So you see, and that when, and in fact, when you have any activity, when you, when, and whenever you need to do something of this world that is, requires physical, physicality, you're going to do it because I have no choice. I have to survive. I'm one of those people, I have no choice, I have to survive. It's like on an island, you have nothing to eat. You're going to try anything in that sense. So you're willing to try anything because you're not interested in anything else. So you're going to have whatever it is, some bread, some water. But you see how, you, you'll, if, you, if you put your minds in it, you'll see how repulsed you are from those things. Now, just as we divided the trade of purity, so that's 
on a general subject. Now, there's also, we said, Tahara is also about spiritual activities as well. So just like we've, you know, um, just like we've the, you know, just as we divided the trait of purity into two categories in the previous chapter, one pertaining to physical acts and the other pertaining to divine acts, so too this kind of reflection required to attain purity of mind divided into two parts. With regard to purifying one's mind while engaged in physical acts, the method is to constantly train one's view on the lowliness of the physical world and its pleasures, as I wrote above. So that's what he's very simple here. He's saying very simply, a person who's going to endeavor in something that's physical that he needs to because his body needs it. Whatever it is, food, you need to just remind yourself, I'm only taking this because I need to serve God. And I do not want to take any pleasure out of it because I don't want to, it's just because it could lead me to bad things. I'm only taking because it's necessary. But in order to purify one's mind while engaging in this activity, where the primary challenge is to purify man's natural desires, what you need to do is, so how do you train yourself? Because it's so hard, you know, you ever put a steak in your mouth that's cooked to perfection or whatever, something that you enjoy or anything that any, any, any physical act that you engage in that, that, that is pleasurable, you know, how do you train your mind at the end of the day, you do enjoy it. So Ramchal keeps saying, you can't stop focusing. You need to increase and spend time and focusing on how deceptive really it is and how fools remember we said, and he's proven already many ways that it's deceptive, like, like eating. How long does that taste last in your mouth? Three seconds, you swallow it, it's over. What do you have the memory? You don't get anything from it. You need to really, really focus and spend time on how deceptive the nature of, earth, of, of, of all these things are. And also, here's this interesting thing here, very important. You should increase this contemplation on the deceptive nature of honor and its falseness. And you need to accustom yourself to flee from it. It's very important that you do that. Because remember, one of the reasons that the Sahara can influence your decision of doing a good act is your friends will praise you. It's going to be really, really nice. You know, uh, remember we said that, you know, it's not so bad. So you guys, you look at, you look at it as a good guy, a special person, a Tamachacham, a wise man, an important man. Now, again, it's a mentalism, but if someone wants to pure himself, purify himself from the actions, if he's removed from his mind how fake honor is and how fake the, the true covet is, and he's going to explain why later on, but if you realize and indulge in how fake it is, then you're not going to want it anymore. And that will automatically remove that desire, like you'll be repulsed by it, and you're, you're going to do the mitzvah for the right reason. He says here, so when you accustom yourself to flee from these things and totally focus on that, then you will be free from any other influence while being engaged in the divine service. Because you're not going to care if people praise you or not. Instead, his thoughts will be directed slowly to our, solely to our master as he, are, is, he is our true praise and he's our true goodness. And there's nothing else worthwhile other than him. And it says in the Pasuk and Devarim, he is your praise and he is your God. So that will that's focusing on the um on the on the actions on your actions when you do that you need to focus on the the deceptiveness of pleasure and the deceptiveness of honor or really just it's more focusedly honor on this on these things on, on how fake honor is all right we'll continue more on this chapter on the next podcast